gentlemen, almost live across the internet, you're listening to White Line Fever. Here is Steve Mascord. Welcome to episode 30 of White Line Fever, and I'm here with a fellow who was born to be on the program because he loves uh, his uh, hairy, smelly rock as much as he likes his hairy, smelly rugby league. It's uh, Ben Blaschke, and we're here at Redfern Oval. Beautiful scene, isn't it? That's lovely, Matthew. Now we're going to start by talking about... Unfortunately, you've stumbled on the footy part of the program, which is a complete accident, but uh, um, did you watch Friday night's game, 26-10, Sydney Roosters over uh, St George Illawarra? Of course I did, yeah. Uh, very disappointing for the Dragons, but uh, I thought the Roosters had forgotten how to play, but uh, apparently they can pull it out occasionally. Are they gone for the year? The, 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 the Dragons? dragons? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, you know the Roosters are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're gone, they're gone. I can't see them clean it off. They can't score points. What, are they, what is that their problem, do you think? Because they're, they're saying, oh, you know, we create opportunities all year, we just haven't been able to finish. Do you swallow that or not? Oh, well, we, no, not really. <laughs> I mean, for a couple of weeks there, they started to put a few tries on, but they're back to their old ways. The other week, um, will they bring back Jamie Soward? Probably, you know, mm-hmm. you think they'd have to, but I don't know. They're a little bit lost in attack. They have been all year. Nothing's changed. Now, in a minute, we're going to listen to the interview at full time with Roger Tui Vasashek, who was just so pumped. It was unbelievable. He was, uh, you know, we go out on the field and we go, can you describe that try? And normally guys go, yeah, I got the ball. And he liked to describe it in intimate detail. Stepped off the light, stepped off the left. Uh, saw, saw Mitchell Pearce. You know, just, uh, I hope they don't shut him up. Which brings me to my next question. How do you find these new media uh, or new media arrangements? So, is it a good idea? Because we're at an all-in, uh, we're at the South Sydney Media Day. So, Sam Burgess is about to do an all-in, uh, which is uh, doesn't mean he's going to be a in a brawl, it means that he's going to be interviewed by a lot of people at once, and then players are going to go off and they're going to talk to journos individually. It's just been introduced in the last two weeks. Do you like it? I don't mind it. I think it gives you a little bit easier access. You know, you've got a certain number of players probably going to be able to get each week, whereas, as you and I both know, there are some clubs where it make it difficult to talk to anyone at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least this forces each club to uh, put a certain number of players up each week, and that's a good thing. Before we listen to Roger, what are you listening to at the moment? Well, I've been listening to Devon Townsend, which I've been listening to a lot for the past probably month or so, really. So, actually, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a rare honour. On your first appearance on the program, you can request the next song. OK, but let's go back to our 80s for this one. We'll play uh, Van Halen, and let's see. We won't go for the traditional, we won't say Jump or Dreams, or the ones we always hear. Let's go for... Uh, I don't know, help me out here, Maskey. What do you think? Play 5150, just the, the, the song, 5150. Haven't heard that for a while. Awesome. OK, here's Roger Tui Vasashek and then... 5150, which is uh, Los Angeles police code for crazy, and I think this young kid is a little crazy. Yeah, I've got Roger Tavasashek here. Roger, you set up that try, you were laying on your stomach in your own end goal. Tell us what happened after that. Oh, no, it's just, um, just quick reaction, just looked up, just saw Brett flying me, I just, just do what I've been doing, but I've been talking to my dad, I just whack on my left and just go, and I just saw Piercy on support, offload. She just made them made the magic work. You've described it a lot better than we did. What a, what a night for you. I mean, this must be a highlight of your very young career. Definitely, definitely. Oh, man, just this is my second game of NRL. Still loving it. Still pumping his heart. I still got that buzz. Man, I love the buzz of being out here, of all the people out here. Playing with these boys, really good. You've been doing this in under-20s, but did you doubt you could do it in first grade? Yeah, definitely. I came real nervous, like, like any young player. I was real shaky. Don't know if I could um, make the tackles. Make, uh, make the hits, but yeah, if he's going good so far. You could have played for the Warriors, you could have gone and played Rugby Union. You happy with the choice you made? Yeah, very happy, very happy. And tell us, you're in New Zealand, right? You're not going to play for Queensland? Yeah, at the moment I'm New Zealand, though. Kiwis all the way. I probably still Kiwis, yeah. It's lovely to meet you, Roger. Congratulations. You too, thank you.
What's up? This is Scott Ian. This is Rob Caggiano from Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line Fever. We're back with uh, Cliff from uh, Kings of the Sun, and we were going to talk about the past, but there's a lot of questions. Past, future? <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of questions about the present. Like, what is um, look what? Into do, my, look into my eyes. <laughs> what are you planning to do? What were you, like? Move your wallet. <laughs> What are you playing? What's happening at the moment? What's happening at the moment is uh, a whole lot of things that I've wanted to do have crashed together at the same time because of when I hurt my hand, I wanted to finish a project uh, which was building this particular car that I hurt myself doing, which has been a, a rejuvenation of my psyche. And in doing so, I was able to step back and look at the legacy of music that I have left behind with, with the band and um, it's made me feel a, uh, I don't know what you'd, what, what you'd call it, but I feel obliged to, to, to go back out and take the music back out there uh, and play to a whole new crowd. Mm-hmm which would mean playing festivals in, in Europe, which have been offered, and things like that. And, um, keeping the legacy of the, of the band alive. And also, I, you know, let's, let's, let's not to mention that I love drumming, and I've been drumming since I was, you know, 10 years of age. So a big part of myself I had to push to the side and got involved in other things. and Learned to play tennis, saxophone, love of jazz... Building the cars, I discovered all different parts of myself that I didn't know existed. You know, abilities and things. Mm. So I don't know. Well, should I keep this rock and roll or what? And I've been built. I built brass shell snare drums, and so I'm going, to, I'm going to get back into the music and form, get a new band. I want to get a new band together. Are you going to call them Kings of the Sun? Uh, I don't know yet. That's a that's a, that's that's <laughs> something that I that I have thought about, but I I just I just don't know. Uh, Yet it would it would all depend on a lot of things. You know, I I uh, I started the band and I'm going to finish the band. And I told my brother that. Um, it feels at this at this point it feels impossible to go out there without him uh-huh. as Kings of the Sun. Um, so I would just like to think that I'm going to get the, a great band together and I'm going to see how it feels and. And take it from there, but at this point, I can't honestly say that I will or I won't. And what what music are you going to be playing? Um. Well, I want to do uh, write some new tunes. I've got a whole lot of new tunes and a lot of songs that never got recorded with Kings of the Sun. Probably start off with. We probably do some Kings of the Sun uh, tribute songs. You know, the main ones that people loved, uh, just to get us going. Some classic rock uh, covers. You know, three or four covers that most people know. Sabbath's War Peaks or something. Mm, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just to get, make you know people an understanding of uh, where, where we're coming from. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited about it because I know it can. I know it can. Uh, I know it can happen. Worst part about it is because I wrote all the songs with my brother. I know I can sing them, but it's a matter. It would be a matter of me going out the front, which yeah, is yeah, not yeah. my gig. Yeah, yeah. But I do know the songs, and I know how they how they need to be delivered and sang. Mm. So, you know, that would mean getting another drummer, which to me is like the idea. I don't want <laughs> people to be then coming and seeing a band that doesn't have the same singer or the same drummer. <laughs> I'd rather just eliminate, like, uh, do without one. You know. So. Can you sing them behind the drum still? I think. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's been a lot of history with drummer singers like Don Henley and. Um, out of the hard-ons and it, it, mm. if you ever go to one of those shows you don't get a sense that the band's moving because yeah, the drummer's yeah. sort of stuck there yeah yeah and uh, it's, there's a chiropractic problem there too because you're seeing that <laughs> <laughs> and you eventually sort of you know have a use-by date seeing drummers yeah um, <laughs> I just you know 
Why Why did you and Jeff stop playing as Kings of the Sun anyway? Like, well, what happened? Uh, when we come back from America, which is in 74, we've been over there for six years. And music changed so much. And when we, we did our last album, which was Resurrection, Resurrection, um, which is a fantastic record. Not many people have heard that. Uh, we came back. Music had changed. Hip-hop had come in. Um, and a lot of rock bands got dropped off the labels, and us being one of them. Mm-hmm. We didn't have enough sales or enough interest to, to, to sustain us, to keep us going. The record company changed, and we had to come home. That was, that's that's what, what, what happened. And I would have loved to have stayed in America, but we didn't have the stamina to stay there any longer mm-hmm. as a band. Um, or even personally, you know, we were out in Malibu and in a, in a house, and uh, it was great living there. But um, we, when we came home, I think we did a tour with Barnsey, with an American bass player we had as a three-piece, and they were, they were good shows. And then uh, Jeff and I sort of pulled back and had a rest for about a year and a half, and then we recorded a fourth album, which was never released. Mm. And I just released it recently on the, on the site. It's called Daddy Was a Hobo Man. And mm. that's, that's basically the Kings of the Sun, or the fourth CD in transition into the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... We got disenchanted with that. We did a few shows and felt like Rock had died and no one was interested in it anymore. And uh, so people were telling us, Rock's dead, this is in, you know, whatever happened. Um, so we didn't ever release that album. We pushed it under the bed and uh, had another break for about a year and a half and realised we wanted to play again and then we eventually started up the rich and famous Mm, mm, yeah mm. okay time for another song second album kings of the sun i'd say the pinnacle of the band would have been drop the gun just which should have been on a movie soundtrack yeah drop the gun yeah should have been on (laughs) uh on on, um terminator uh but the record company faltered at that point and changed changed the name to BMG and in that crossover from RCA to BMG we, we felt it and we, that, that, but that song was in uh, was being played on K-Rock in LA for six weeks straight and we got up to about 60 uh, which is a big deal in the States and I, I'd be driving along in the car and you'd hear the song come on and I thought we were on our way hey we dropped the gun and uh, even though it's an anti-gun message to, to, to the Americans um, it, people loved it you know great riff great pace even Lazarek said, man, that TikTok rhythm.
And King Roser, we're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Okay, I've come down to Redfern Oval today because I had nothing to put in the podcast and I've managed to track down Ian McCulloch from AAP and we're going to talk about the three games on Saturday, which were Canterbury 26, Newcastle 10. Des Hasler got fined. What do you think? Put you on the spot now. What do I think? I think he's Des doing everything he can to deflect attention away from how well his side are going. I mean, 11 wins in a row is a tremendous achievement and they were pretty awesome in that first 20 minutes he didn't quite question their integrity though did he He hinted he hinted at it yeah but it's but the rules are stricter now but they say you would have got fined before anyway I think so yeah I mean it's pure Des I mean Des you know he wouldn't disagree with me saying he loves an agenda anything to deflect away from you know what's good about his side and and Wayne Bennett's come out and said as much that you know he would and Wayne Bennett actually come out and said that you know he doesn't blame Des and probably Hinted that he may have done the same, but um, ten thousand dollars for someone who's, who likes a penny like this—that's a, you know, a big, big fine to wear. Yeah, I don't know if the club might wear it anyway. Um, um, Melbourne forty-six, uh, Penrith six—that's just a stunning um, scoreline, isn't it? Obviously, the Storm are back. The Storm are back, and I think no one really doubted they were very far away. They lost five in a row, and it's almost good to get your bad run out of the way, you know, before the finals. So, um, I think it's the first time Craig Bellamy lost five in a row. Mm. as a coach down there but, um, but yeah when they're good and on form they're very very hard to stop particularly down there and I think you know, Penrith will make up the numbers that's 11 straight defeats mm. the Panthers have had against the Storm now so uh, I think it's fair to say that the Storm have got the wood on them Peter Sterling uh, said that Manly 8 North Queensland 6 was the best game of the weekend I tend to agree with him um, I was at that game a very intense semi-final type match and probably North Queensland you know they lost their spot in the top 4 but they played like a top 4 team yeah I didn't actually see much of this game um, I mean the final play of the game was a sensational play mm. he went from one end of the field to the other and kept alive and Manly somehow kept the Cowboys out um, but I mean 8-6 you look at that on paper and think well arm wrestle a game but you know, two very, very good sides. But I think that's, that's probably Manly's best win of the season to, you know, head up there. And they just, you know, no matter miles they travelled this season, they just come back from Perth up to Townsville. You know, a bit of side that were playing very well at home. That's a, a real top result. And I think, you know, they're certainly not out of this um, premiership race by, by long chalk. Thank you, uh, Ian. Last time you were on the programme, I think we were in a pub in Camden Town. So um, that's, that's it for the year now. You get off for the rest of the year. Unfortunately, you don't get a request because Ben Lowe and Ben Blaschke have each requested songs. So I, have, I get the next song. And it's, uh, it's, off, it's LA Guns and it's called Dirty Black Knight. And it sounds like it was recorded in 1989, but it was actually recorded in 2012. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> 
Hi, this is Nick Barker, and you're on White Line Fever. Without any further delay, here is the second part of my 1990 interview with the great, the late great John Lord of Deep Purple. And after that, we'll actually have a listen to Buck Cherry's version of Highway Star, then it's back into the rugby league. Uh, no, I, I think... I mean, it, 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 Ian might have made that comment out of hurt rather than uh, a thought. I don't think he thought that one through particularly. Did, did the whole thing, I mean, did the whole thing require a sort of reassessment of the past? Like, when you were going through this transition, was it just was it just looking straight ahead? Like, for instance, like... Like Roger said that he thought House of Blue Light, he didn't think it had any redeeming features, which is obviously shows that there's, he's gone back and, and thought about it. Mm. I mean, did, did you do the same thing? I mean, did, did you get a, gain a new perspective on, on the past by doing this? Not, I, I know it sounds probably a bit no, pretentious. No, no, no. no, on the contrary. It's a, quite a good question. I'm, I'm just uh, thinking it through again. It's, um, I was aware... I think of the shortcomings of the House of Blue Light, as far as I was concerned. I mean, I've actually met people, and I've said that to. I think I've said, you know, I think it's a flawed album, and people said you're joking. Some people, it's my favourite album, so you know, it's different strokes for different folks. But I personally thought it was a flawed album. I don't think it's a very good album because Why? because it doesn't hang together. It's just it's a bunch of different songs. Some of them are not actually very good, in my opinion. Um, to me, an album has to have a, a connecting line to it, you know? Otherwise, why not release it as nine different singles? Mm. Uh, you know, there's, there's a reason for, for you know... It's, it, why it, was it, it like that, though? Why do you think it ends up like that? Well, it took a very long time to make. Mm. It was... It took... Uh, the entire summer of 1986, uh, and only just managed to get enough tracks for the the length of the album, you know, uh, and then it was three months in that Ian and uh, Roger were in Munich, in Germany, like, writing the lyrics, and, and that was far, far too long, I mean, it was, and, and nothing came from Ian at all while we were doing the backing tracks, um, it didn't, uh, we got no feedback from Ian at all, he wasn't around at all? Uh, hardly, no. Do you think maybe, I mean, I suppose at different times different members of the band could be tempted to feel a bit overwhelmed by Richie's sort of domination, like, and that, that maybe, it, it, I mean, surely it, it would be tempting at times to just give up, do, do you think? No, I'm never tempted to give up. Well, uh, to, to give him more control, I mean, there's obviously quite a bit of friction. Uh, no, but I, I, don't, I don't find that in any way a, a destructive element. I find it a, a constructive element. Mm. Um, I find... I mean, I am perfectly willing nowadays, I wasn't in the early 70s, but I'm perfectly willing nowadays to, to own up to, uh, and indeed draw attention to, uh, and pay tribute to the, infl- the, uh, the amount of, of uh, inspiration that Blackmore brings to bear.
Ryan Beaver. Okay, uh, on Sunday we had three games and pretty amazing results actually. Cronulla 45, the Warriors 4 and uh, Canberra 28, Brisbane 12. They're in a huge hole. I won't ask my next guest to comment on either of those things. I've got Ben Lowe here from the Bunnies. We'll talk about um, their 22-18 win over Gold Coast. Never in doubt. (laughs) (laughs) No, mate, you never know when you're coming up against a side in the NRL. Week to week, you know, you're always going to be tested no matter what. Um, It's just who's in the right frame of mind, and we've been happy we've been getting the results, but we've still got a lot of improving to do as, as a team and individually as well. The coach, yeah, seemed to think it was an ugly win rather than something that he was overly happy with. Yeah, it, it was, mate, towards the end there. We um, we just got to learn to keep um, concentration for the full 80 minutes and, and make sure, you know, we're, we're stopping those teams from creeping back in at the end there. Like Madge was saying, it got a bit ugly, but... Um, we, uh, we got the win and, and that's the result we wanted at the end of the day. Now, all the stuff about avoiding talking about the end of the year and the Premiership, do you kind of know where the boundaries are or is it a bit tricky to avoid sometimes when in conversation with people like me and I suppose just fans? I mean, where, where, does, it, where does it stop? As soon as you start talking about September, it's time to <laughs> haul it back in. Is that the way it works? For sure, mate. You know, like... We're aware of um, of where we're at and stuff like that, but we've just got to keep our focus on, on our next job at hand or else we could be one of those teams getting 40 points put on us, you know, like you are saying before. And, and week to week, mate, we've just got to worry about our job individually and as a team and, and just keep improving as a group. What do you... Uh, so this game uh, against Manly on Friday, is, it, is, it, is your focus, like, just at the moment tactical or is it more about yourselves or like do you look spend a lot of time looking at manly because that's obviously the coach wants you to only focus on the next game but he doesn't want you to get too stressed about it either so it's a fine balance i guess there is mate and Madge's uh doing a great job of that and making sure we're focused on on our job but also what we're coming up against and um realistically mate we're coming up against the, the uh the premiers last year and um, it's really going to put a, a test to us to see where we're at and we're looking forward to the challenge as a, as a group and looking forward to improving again on, uh, on, on the game we had on the weekend and just making sure we're concentrating on, on our job at hand. Has this game gone, um, this game, this season gone about the way you expected or has it exceeded your expectations? Um, we've always had the group uh, to, to, you know, to perform but um, I guess... Like I was saying before, you never know where you're at until you're out there playing footy. And at the moment, we're getting the results that, that we like to have. But we, we still have a lot of improving to do as a team and as a group and making sure we're doing our job each week. Now, Ben, uh, the best thing about this, it's very unusual. All the interviews you do all year, you get to pick a song. But uh, you can't have any hip-hop or any of that stuff. I mean, I'd imagine you're not a hip-hop man, are you? Oh, uh, you can't <laughs> you can't help it. This club, all the music that gets played in the gym is all the hip-hop and the latest stuff. But... Um, so you're chasing a song and any yeah, song? Yeah, a rock, a rock song, mate. Something with some balls, yeah. Uh, Linkin Park, um, Sure. Oh.
Clayton from Taiketo and Jim Kennedy. And you are listening to White, White Line Fever. Um, welcome back to the program. This is the part where we go through the Super League scores from the weekend. But I've got a very special guest. He's sick of speaking about South Sydney versus Manly. It's South Sam Burgess. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? Good. You've been hammered. Um, big game on Friday, isn't it? Uh, yeah, what the the Monday game? Yeah, yeah, yeah your game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, they're in some good form, so uh, it's going to be a good challenge for us. I said you were sick of talking about it, then I asked you a question about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Wigan forty eight, Hull ten. Uh, probably not much to say about that. But London forty, uh, Salford twenty eight. You surprised at um, London having gone better this year? Yeah, uh, London won there. Yeah, so um, uh, I, mean, I, I could not tell you where they're sat in the league at the moment, but uh, I think it's like bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, good players this year. They signed some good players. Yeah, they signed some good players. I think the comp over there um, at the moment is. Uh, I don't, I've not seen a lot of it to be honest. Over the last year, we've been very busy here, but uh, you know, London have always been there or thereabouts. So you know, it's not a bad win for them against Salford, who've also got some good players. Okay, now Huddersfield 36, uh, Catalan 18. It's a bit of a form reversal from recently because Huddersfield yeah. have been all over the shop, haven't they? Yeah, Huddersfield have been out of form. I think they've won uh, what lost about eight or nine in a row. So mm. I think Nathan Brown's gone. And, uh, that always seems to do wonders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after yeah. a coach has gone, that the following week the team responds. So and when they when the coach announces he's moving on. It tends to be have the opposite effect, but I won't ask you to comment on that. Yeah. Uh, Wakefield uh, forty, Castleford uh, twelve. The end of the season can't come quick enough for Castleford. Um, Bradford uh, twenty eight, Witness twenty six. I can't believe I saw Witness get fogged sixty six six at the start of the year, and they've they actually got a few wins. It's been amazing. Yeah, they've been mate, they've, uh, they've scraped through and, and got a few gritty wins. So you know, I'm sure they'll be proud of the fact of that and looking to grow for next year and, and a few more after that. But uh, you know, Bradford uh, with all the, you know the, the controversy that's going on at the club, mm. you know. Hats off to the players to, to keep grinding out the wins. You must you must be quite sad about that. Yeah, well, it's, it's never uh, it's never the best situation, and uh, you know, I've got a lot of feelings for Bradford, and you know it's really sad for the club at the moment. But um, you know I'm sure they'll come to some solution uh, over the next twelve months. Okay, and Monday night footy seems to be going okay in England. Uh, Twenty-two twelve away Warrington, so Warrington are building well, and uh, unlike some teams with the Challenge Cup final, they um, you know some teams tend to sort of take their eye off the ball don't they but uh, they seem to be quite consistent uh, Warrington have got a great line up there of players so um, you know and St Helens as well uh, Monday night football looks strong over there and uh, I'll have to, uh, have to look out for it uh, finally a word on your, your, your brother Tom coming to the club and also at the end of the year uh, hopefully playing for England maybe with at least one of your brothers uh, yeah that'd be good uh, look Tommy's looking forward to, to the challenge of NRL next year uh, you know he's got a lot of work to, to put in in the pre-season but I certainly, you know, ready to work hard, and um, like I said, it'd be, be great to get, you know, a brother alongside me in the England group as well. I give us one thing that you miss hearing on the radio. One song that you used to hear back home, listen to all the time. You never hear it here. You got one? Uh, it'd be Spice Girls, Spice Up Your Life. I never hear it over here. I'm not going to play that. I give guess. us a try again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, we'll go for uh, Use Somebody, Kings of Leon. I've not heard it for a while. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Cheers.
Hey, this is Tommy from the Casanovas, and you're on White Wine Fever. Okay, um, it's been a long program this week. Uh, thanks for uh, sticking around this long, uh, and your reward for doing so is to have uh, Round 23 previewed by myself, Nick Tedeschi, and Brad Walter from the Herald. Luckily, I avoided him uh, at Redfern today, so uh, you haven't had to listen to him twice. Now, there's two games on Friday, but really there's only one game on Friday, really, isn't there? Um, the Rabbitohs and the Seagulls. Uh, lots of uh, um, uh, hype around this one. And um, in Rugby League Week on Wednesday, uh, we've got a story with a couple of Manly players saying that the Rabbitohs are the new uh, Silver Tails. I was going to say Silver Chair. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the new Silver Tails and <laughs> not the new Silver Chair. Um, uh, have they got a point, do you think? Because Manly, you know... Um, I don't know, Manly don't, certainly aren't what they used to be and I, I, if I close my eyes and think NRL and money, I, I've got to say I see a bit of red and green. Yeah, well, I think Souths are the silver tails and Manly are the porpoise these days, aren't they? Um, you know, on the field, Manly's still got a really good team but, you know, their financial problems are pretty pretty well known and Souths are the only team in Sydney that makes a profit. So who's going to win this game, Nick? Oh, I actually like Manly in this one, uh, surprisingly. I don't know if they're quite the porpoise yet, yeah. They get in early with uh, your likes of your Brett and Glenn Stewart rather than uh, uh, bring them up themselves. But, oh, look, Manly with Brett Stewart are a different proposition to Manly without him there. Their winning percentage is uh, 22% higher with uh, Brett Stewart, random fun of fact. So, uh, we'll have to find a sponsor for those stats for next week. <laughs> it's the Erskineville Hotel stat. Erskineville Hotel stat of the week. Brett Stewart, <laughs> win percentage up. Uh, look, South, uh, South struggle a bit away from home. Uh, relative to how well they're uh, doing day into the team. They kept this game at home, I'd be on South, but uh, I think Manly in a bit of an upset. Some of those uh, teams who've had a bit of late-season revivals are Parramatta, Newcastle. Uh, they've sort of met their Waterloo since. Uh, there's only so far you can go with that sort of momentum when you're out of the running. Well, I was going to say Gold Coast. Gold Coast is still in the running for the finals, but I can't see them troubling Melbourne in Melbourne. No, I can't either. But all those teams are still in the running for the finals. I reckon the Warriors are still in the running for the finals, even though uh, they, were, they were terrible against Cronulla last week. They've got a positive for and against still, uh, which the Sharks didn't have until they played the Warriors. So um, uh, I, I think it's still actually wide open. I reckon there'll be a surprise or two. Eels and Roosters? Uh, look, firstly, who cares? <laughs> and, and secondly, oh, look, probably Parramatta, but... Uh, uh, at the first point, who cares? <laughs> now, the, the two joint ventures, four great clubs meeting in this game, uh, West Tigers and St George Illawarra, but uh, I, was, I was saying to, uh, i got to admit, I was sitting on the sideline on Monday Night Football, and when it was 22-6 after 27 minutes, I was uh, turned to, uh, I'm not name-dropping here, just happened to be a bloke sitting next to me, Andrew Johns. I said, this is a terrible, terrible game coming up on Saturday night, West Tigers and St George Illawarra, but now West Tigers have got it all to play for, the Dragons, I mean, they conning themselves into thinking they can make the finals? Well, they still can. I mean, it, it, they're still in with a chance, and if they win this game, they're back equal with the Tigers, and so is everyone else. It's not only the Dragons uh, doing themselves a favour in this game, they're doing all those other teams that are chasing for that final spot as well. Well, it's really the uh, the movable uh, the movable defence versus the movable attack, so <laughs> well, well, what do you do with this? Is it going to be 100 points scored or zero? Like, it's... Uh... Uh, you could look at it the other way and say the team that is struggling with attack and the team that's struggling with defence. Well, that's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Or you can, you know, whatever way you want to look at it. But, uh, um, okay, and uh, North Queensland and the Warriors. Uh, biggest news for this game is that Chris Barclay's not going, which is probably good for Townsville. Uh, it's his birthday two days ago, Chris Barclay. Do you want to wish him happy birthday? Yeah, happy birthday, Chris. No, I'm sure he had a big one. <laughs> Um, and but um, it's hard to see the Warriors recovering from their terrible three weeks and, and even troubling the Cowboys. I thought it was a semi-final last Saturday, the Cowboys game. Yeah, look, uh, I thought that was a real class effort by the Cowboys. Uh, Warriors not without a show here because they the way they play football, they're always in with the show. But look, you'd be a game man to back them to uh, for too many. A game points. man, you said, wasn't it? You'd be a game man. We are in Erskineville. <laughs> He'd be a game, game man to, uh, uh, to, to want to back the Cowboys up there, to back the Warriors and the Cowboys. They've uh, lost seven straight up in Townsville, and I don't imagine they'll uh, be improving it. There are only eight games, but we're going for it very slowly. Penrith and the Raiders. Again, Brad, Raiders, finals. 
Raiders have got it all to play for, haven't they? Uh, end of season's over. They'll, they'll just be trying to avoid the spoon. Yeah. A few weeks ago when this game was first scheduled, uh, and I'm sure when Channel 9 picked it, Bulldogs and Broncos, it was looking like an absolute uh, perler. But the way the Bronx are going at the moment, it's no contest. Uh, look, the Bulldogs are going to give the Bronx an absolute toweling on Sunday afternoon, the way they're playing. Uh, if, the, if the Bronx were going to allow 28 points against uh, Canberra and, what, 40-odd against Parramatta, Canterbury could be in for 50-plus, the way they're playing. Now, uh, this is something you're not probably aware of, but um, the biggest interest surrounding Newcastle and uh, Cronulla in Monday Night Football is Wayne Bennett and whether he does the pre-match interview for Fox and by uh, association with Triple M, because Wayne Bennett has actually been the first person fined under the new media guidelines for refusing to do an interview. So uh, that's kind of, uh, I suppose, um, if you're going to hit a tall poppy, they don't get much taller than Wayne, it sends a bit of a message out about the new media guidelines. You know, if they didn't take this action against Wayne, then no other coach would yeah. agree to do it as well, because that's pretty <laughs> much their excuse, isn't it? Wayne Bennett doesn't do it, I'm not doing it either. So, yeah. uh, you know... Um, hats off to the NRL. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, the program's finished. Um, uh, we've already, normally I give someone a, a request, a song request at this stage of the evening, but I already gave Ben Lowe a song request, and I already gave, I, I can't remember, I already gave Ben Blaschke a song request. I couldn't find any other Bens, so I gave Sam Burgess a song request, and he picked the Spice Girls. So I'm not giving you two a song request. I'm picking the last song. It's uh, some new music from uh, Jackal, and we'll see you next week. See you later, man. Step on the gas
Uh. I got a white line fever. Going around land down under. Going to turn around the corner way down yonder. <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever and Dig Michael Monroe Sensory Overdrive, the album, the band. You get a chance, come and check us out live. We're going to rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> come on down and rock on.